wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome, portion of bowl of cereal Grab a spot on the couch and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas I'm your host, Jax, and today we're going to take a trip in the Wayback Machine. Yes, we are going all the way back to June of 1993 for when a little sleeper hit by Steven Spielberg came out. Now, you may not remember this film because it was kind of small, you know, just about a theme park. They had some attractions that got a little bit out of hand. I mean, it's not like they made a couple sequels on this film or another one sequel that came out just this past year. Now, what am I talking about? Of course, I'm talking about Jurassic Park. You read the title to the podcast, didn't you? She had told you right there. Duh! <laughs> so today we're going to talk about this great movie. Um, it's currently available on Netflix, and if it's not, you don't have Netflix, well, it's not that hard to get a trial. It's like, we pay 12 bucks a month, and we can stream to four screens. We have one TV in the house. You do the math. It's not a bad deal. As well, I'm sure you can go find the Blu-ray or DVD out for inexpensively. I will have the links on the blog post at nodoms.net. Um, speaking of nodoms.net, since we're going to be changing up the format of the show a little bit today, I want to let you all know I appreciate any comments, constructive criticism, suggestions, words of encouragement, always welcome, on that blog post at nonoms.net. That's nonoms.net. Okay, and I just realized how much that domain name fits this theme of today's podcast, so <laughs> isn't that great? Moving on, let's talk about the plot of the movie for those who may have forgotten or since it's been so long, or hey, you know what? Here's a little secret. It took until this past year, 2016, for me to see all the Star Wars films. Mo- I had barely seen bits and pieces of maybe one or two of them in the past. It took me a while, okay? I'm talking all six. Uh, Seven, because, um, yeah, there's seven now. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, point is, could be the same for you. You just might have missed Jurassic Park and never got the opportunity. So, I'm here to help you, and I'm going to avoid as many spoilers as I can. Uh, the Statue of Limitations is kind of not in your favor if you haven't seen things, but we'll do what we can. So, the movie is about this scientist, Dr. John Hammond, who he is able to... He has money, and he's a scientist, but he was doing scientific work. Anyways, I'm getting all over the place, and been like 30 seconds into this. Basically, Dr. Hammond has found a way to, him and some other scientists found a way to create dinosaurs. They found dino DNA, they figured out a way to fill in the gaps, they created dinosaurs. And, of course, before they did this, they thought long and hard about the ethical complications and what this would mean for the environment and the ecosystem and everything. I'm just kidding. No one thought about that. They just thought, dinosaurs, cool. They never thought about the sudden but inevitable betrayal that would come with this. Now, once they had the dinosaurs, they had to think, what are we going to do with them? Well, they decided to open up a theme park. They got a little island off the coast of South, uh, off the coast of Costa Rica, and they decided to make their own little park on this island. It's really cool. They had like special cages, uh, super super tall wires and stuff to keep the dinosaurs in. Special enclosures. Uh, for some reason, there's a giant field where just 
Strong sources and our dinosaurs are able to roam freely and you can drive your and you know gas powered jeeps can drive through there because totally no one's gonna get stepped on. I digress. Basically there's a park on the island. Now because of a little incident the lawyers are getting kind of concerned about the safety of this park and they want some scientists to sign off on. Cue Dr. Grant and we'll call her Ellie because I don't remember her last name at the moment. Uh, but there, he's a paleontologist. She's a paleobotanist. He looks at bones. She look, uh, he looks for animals. She looks for the bones and, and fossils of uh, She looks for the fossils of plant life. <laughs> wow, I'm good with words. They also bring along a mathematician because we need someone else for plot purposes. And these three are going to spend the weekend at Jurassic Park, take a look at the attractions. You know, sign off on it, say how cool it is. I do have to question, though, because when they get there, they find the dinosaurs. No one apparently told them there was dinosaurs till they got there. You know, if you're flying my ass from Montana to Costa Rica to look at something, I'm going to kind of want a few more details. I've heard too many stories of cults, of uh, people going missing. Hell, Lost has a whole show about us just going on a simple little plane trip from Australia to Hawaii, and or was it Australia to L.A.? Either way, we cross Pacific and boom, we go on the magic island of fuckery. So, you know, I would have asked some questions. Again, I'm aggressive. So they go along and things start out okay. You know, things are all cool. Uh, for whatever reason, plot, the main guy, Dr. Hammond, he's the main scientist. His grandchildren are there as well because when we're testing out a theme park, we're going to bring children in before we've confirmed that safe. Uh... And things go good for a while. Until the underpaid little computer geeky guy played by Newman from Seinfeld gets his hands inside to get greedy and fucks everything up. Things happen. People get eaten. Sorry, spoiler, but people get eaten. I'm not going to say who, but people get eaten. Um, they have to run for their lives. There's a lot of dinosaurs. We meet some great herbivores and some carnivores. And it's a great film. Um, lots of action. It the CGI actually holds up really well, mainly because they did a mix of CGI and practical effects for the movie, so it really looks, it really flows a lot better. Uh, I do have a few critiques, but overall, wonderful movie. That being said, I do. Let's get back. Let's get into my critiques, cause that's part of the new format that I'm stumbling over. <laughs> okay, so from here on out, there will be a few little. Bits about the plot a bit more detailed, but again, I'm not gonna go right and tell you like, oh my god, the dinosaur gave birth, Jar Jar Binks, and that became Darth Vader, and then Rosebud. No, nothing like that. But love bits and pieces. You understand. You understand, right? Okay. So, for those who don't know, again, living under a rock, whatever. They made there was a few sequels to this movie. We had Jurassic Park 2, which came out in 90s. Seven-ish? Yeah. I believe it was 97. And in that one, we found out there's a second island full of dinosaurs. That was actually the breeding ground. Uh, in the third movie, we go back to the third island because some dipshit decided, hey, let's vacation near the really spooky island that no one's allowed to go near. And, hmm, my kid is missing. I wonder what happened. That's the third movie that came out, I think, around 2000, 2001-ish, right around there. Um, and then last year we had Jurassic World. 
And this one takes place 10 years after the events of the last movie. No, it, it basically takes place in almost real time, so like almost like 20-something years after the events of the first movie. Um, they're on the original island for the back on the original island since the, for the first time since the first movie, and the park actually is thriving. Thriving. The park has been open for ten years. That was it. And hey, things are going great until, of course, the day that they show us. I just want to put that out because that's due with my first critique, and that is um, by the way, we have small spoilers as well for Jurassic World in here. Um, basically, in Jurassic Park, when John, when the scientists are meeting the actual scientist of Jurassic Park, John Hammond talks about how he's at the birth of every creature on the island. How, how can you do that? Well, we'll get into that. But basically, all the creatures are hatched in the lab, and John Hammond wants to be there, so he's one of the first faces they see. I noticed that's very similar to what happened in Jurassic World, because Star-Lord, the raptor keeper, he is there when they're all born so he can imprint on them so that way they get to know him and love him as well. Uh, I believe his connection is probably a bit stronger than Dr. Hammond's but I just thought it was really interesting that we kind of repeated that in a way and they were with raptors each time. So I don't know if that's a nod to the original or just something we missed but cool. Now for how we know that Dr. Hammond's able to be there for every birth. Basically during the gestation, reproduction process, I don't know. At some point during the development of the embryos, a hormone is needed to determine the sex of the dinosaur. Well, initially all dinosaurs are female until they get this hormone. So the main, the main scientist who does all the creation, played by Henry, he is the one who withholds this particular hormone so he can make sure they're all girls. That way there's no hanky-panky going on. Right. That, that's how it works with the human population, you know, you, you put everyone in all girls situation, there's no one getting on. Hmm. My point for bringing this up is, basically, you're telling me that this scientist, Henry, he fit us with the DNA and design uh, for the dinosaurs that, you know, and design of the dinosaurs they do have from the original DNA. He fiddles with what they have in order to change the outcome. Hmm. And you're saying you're surprised that he may be doing something unethical in the Jurassic World. Shocking. Moving on. Uh, this uh, Jurassic Park does take place back in the good old days before all the sequels when raptors were the big king baddie. They were the ones we were most scared of. They weren't the biggest, but they were the smartest. Um, in the second movie, we were mainly afraid that I think T-Rex was the big baddie. In the third movie... There's just a whole fuck ton going on. I remember there was birds. Uh, but I don't think raptors really there. It wasn't until we got to Jurassic World that they bought back raptors as one of the main creatures. Uh, but of course, because it's been 20 years, we had to up the value. But uh, that might be a topic for another show. Point is, this just go back to the old days when raptors were what we were afraid of. Before they had to enhance things so much that we had to be freaked out. One thing that I didn't notice as well in this is... While raptors were the main baddie, T-Rex is here too. And T-Rex, she is smart. She is smart enough to attack the fences of her enclosure looking for weak points. She also was able to get the other dinosaurs, uh, T-Rexes, with her in the pen to do the same thing. 
remembering where they attacked previously so they could continue to scientifically find the way through. They end up having to move her to her own pen, which is totally safe and does not have any way that she can escape at all. <coughs> Bullshit. Um, but, slight spoiler for Jurassic World here. Who in their right mind thought, let's crossbreed this bitch who's this smart? Said no one ever. Well, except for maybe those who work at InGen. But where are they now? Oh, right. Dino Stool. <laughs> Speaking of Dino Stool, there's uh, one point in the film where the scientist, uh, Dr. Grant and Ellie, Dr. Ian Malcolm, the grandkids, uh, the blood-sucking lawyer, they're all on a little tour through the enclosures. Um, there's like a track-guided tram system type thing for the uh, guests to kind of go through. It, it's like the main attraction. Um, and they kind of, it's Disney Safari, okay? Well, at one point, because sparing no expense means we forgot to put locks on the doors, Ellie gets out of the car and everyone follows her because there's a sick tri uh, triceratops out in the field. Now, in the movie, we never quite find, um, we never find out why she was sick. Uh, Ellie does have this idea that maybe she was eating these poisonous, there's, some, there's a plant nearby that was poisonous, but according to the staff that happened to also be there, they have it there because it looks good, but they know dinosaurs don't eat it. So we're never quite sure, though, what made the Triceratops sick. Well, I did some research. Okay, fine, I googled. And Google told me that the book actually explains this. Now, the book in the book, there was a different dinosaur that was used in this scenario, one that was a lot more costly for them to put into the movie for this scene. So I'm happy with the Triceratops. Because all I think is Sarah from The Land Before Time, the original. There's only one. And I found out basically what happened with the Triceratops is to help her digest food, she would eat some rocks. And those rocks would sit in her stomach for about six weeks-ish, and they would crush all the food. So roughly every six weeks, though, she's having to ingest more rocks. Well, what's happened is when she eats up the rocks, she's also gained some of this... Uh, what was it called? She's getting some of this plant that is very that is very poisonous, which is why she got sick and why the staff person noted how about every six weeks she gets sick and they don't know why. They couldn't figure it out. It's because she's accidentally ingesting this plant and the reason that they couldn't find any traces of her eating this plant was because it happens so rarely. It's just when she accidentally gets some while in the rocks. I thought that was interesting and apparently there was a deleted scene um, I never, do I own the first Jurassic Park on DVD? I don't even remember. I know I had the VHS. Uh, so I'll have to check and see, because if so, I heard that was a deleted scene that I would love to check out. So that I want, um, oh, and the whole dinosaur part is, well, how else do you confirm what someone's been eating, but you gotta check the poop. As I said in that song during the episode of Scrubs, check the poo. <laughs> okay, so now for a little bit more personal thoughts. When the grandkids show up, um, everybody has just finished eating lunch, I think. Um, they're walking around the visitor center of Jurassic Park, and the kids come along. And then we find out the kids are going on the tram ride. And the kids, one of the kids is named Tim, little boy, and he just loves dinosaurs and loves Dr. Grant and wants to be with him. And Dr. Grant just does not like children. Like, he has a great speech about how they're noisy, they're loud, they smell, he just does not want children. After my own heart. Well, when it becomes time to ride in the cars uh, for the lot of the adventures that happen, 
he winds up with the kit kits. And I happen to notice that the kits were mainly used as they didn't really have that much development, I don't think. I mean really you didn't need a ton, but looking back on um the older kid, his name is Lex, she's like twelve. She's a vegetarian, so she doesn't like me see all the carnage. And she's a computer hacker, which means she's able to help save the day at the end. Uh, slight spoiler there, but yeah, she's able to help in the end when they need someone to bring the computers back online because of shenanigans. The boy, Tim, is like, I think he's supposed to be about eight, and he is, he plays that little annoying, that little annoying brother type. Uh, the stereotypical little brother who always wants to follow around with the big kids and be like the big kids, and it's just annoying. That's his, that's what he's supposed to be. And besides a few bits of plot here and there, it seems like their main reason is to show that Dr. Grant, is, who hated children, loves kids. Well, I'd say that except in the third movie, Dr. Grant is back and him and Ellie have separated. I don't think they're ever married, but they've gone their separate as Ellie has a family with kids now. That's what she wants and Dr. Grant is still childless. Now... I believe the actual term is child-free as he's not childless. He doesn't want kids, and that's fine. I actually applaud this movie for showing an unconventional type of character, uh, different from the social norm, and keeping him with his original uh, stance through three films. Uh, granted, he wasn't in the second one, but point is, <laughs> point is, they didn't change it and make it, uh, and make it something where he did end up changing his mind this is who he was. He still doesn't have kids. It's actually bought up as a plot point in the third movie. So kudos to Jurassic Park for showing that type of character on screen and not pushing the normal life script. Done preaching. Now, what do I want to see in Jurassic World in Jurassic World 2? Because I have some thoughts. Before I get to those thoughts, though, I want you to hear a few words from some friends of mine, and I will be right back. Do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock! And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Hello, this is for... Can't we say hello at the same time? Fuck's sake. (laughs) Hello! This is an advertisement for Master Debaters. Oh, can we say Master Debaters together as well? Yeah? Hello! I'm Michael. I'm Sean. No, I'm Toffa. And we are the Master Debaters. Oh, <laughs> we, 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 we are the Master Debaters. That's what we're all saying it. Yeah. Hello. Hello! I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Toffa. And we, we are, are the Damn Master it, Sean. Debaters. I thought we were just doing... Hello! Hello. I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Toffa. We are the, the Master, Master Debaters. Debaters. You can find us on Twitter at underscore Master Debaters, SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. Just do yourself a favour and jump aboard this podcast train. Choo choo, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> don't my friends' podcasts just sound amazing? Shouldn't you go check them out when you're done mine? Of course you should. <laughs> now back to our, today, our topic today, Jurassic Park, and what I would like to see in the next installment, Jurassic World Part 2. And I will skip around a bit here, but... This movie, rewatching, has given me some ideas. Basically, I would like to see Dr. Ian Malcolm and Dr. Grant are back. 
I'm not sure in which capacity, but I think it'd be cool to have the little threat back, see them back in the film, doing some things. I also think changing up from just tragedy at the at the Dino Island scenario that they have gone now for four films. I kind of want to see what happens after the events of the last film. We're back on mainland. There's a lot of lawsuits. The company's going through a lot of turmoil because, hey, something fucked up and people got eaten. So we need to deal. We need to handle this shit. I think what would be kind of interesting is if we sort of saw like you know different TV um, TV appearances, different courtroom appearances. We saw the actual business, what's going on in InGen as they deal with these things, you know, and that can allude to showing some scenes of evil guy, main villain, baddie, whatever you want to call him, doing more unethical stuff or whatever he's going to be doing in this movie. Now, you might be thinking, well, yeah, but where are my dinosaurs? Hear me out, hear me out. What if we have, uh, what's the word? What if we have, for example, when someone's on a talk show, they can, we can have different people who are on the island during the tragedy, we can, from all three films, actually, or four films, flash back, and while they're talking about, like, on a talk show or in a courtroom, we're flashing back to what happened. Or we're in the engine offices, and they're talking about a plan that can flash back to what happened. And because of these flashbacks, we're not only seeing the dinosaurs, but we can go back to pretty much any point during the film series and add little bits and pieces here. As long as the writers do their research well, that's going to give us a great story. It could be something very interesting and a little different. Now, I know the idea is not totally flushed out, but I think if the writers really do their research and do their due diligence, they can melt this a little bit. And at the least, it's an idea. You know, I'm sure whatever they have in plan for Jurassic World 2 is going to be great. It's just my thought. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for today's show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, I'd love to hear your comments, constructive criticism, suggestions for upcoming episodes, whatever you want at the blog post at nonoms.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Pajamas, or as well as on Twitter and Instagram via the username SMP underscore Jax. I do try to respond to everyone within a timely manner, but give me some time because, A, my time is different than your time. <laughs> um... I do want to give a shout out to all my friends listening on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play Music. Gosh, I am lost today. Too much heat. <laughs> a shout out to everyone. Uh, for those who are listening on, who are not listening on a specific app and they're not happy with their current app, think about Stitcher. It's a great free app that gives you thousands of radio stations and a ton of other great podcasts. So when you finish with me, you can go listen to some of my friends that we heard from earlier and then maybe check out someone new. Always tons to find on the internet. <laughs> I do want to give one more shout out to all my lovely listeners and give you all an option to pick up an audiobook if you're interested. Partner with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com smp and get a copy of a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of the services. What this trial includes is access to over 180,000 books. You actually get them at a discounted audio pr uh, price. And after 30 days, if you decide to keep the keep going, it starts as low as $15 a month, and you get for that $15 you get a free audiobook every month, uh, free you know quotations there. But you also get a discount on other books if you choose to get them. If for whatever reason your budget won't allow this or you need to cancel, hey, you still keep 
the free book for that month, including the one during the free trial. So, win-win situation, a great way. Uh, I personally, when I go to the gym, <clears throat> okay, it hasn't been a while. For a while, but when I was going to the gym, <laughs> I loved listening to podcasts um, and audiobooks because it would give me something to concentrate on instead of how much longer I need to be on this treadmill. It was a great relaxer, a great way to get some new information, and really just something I decided to check out. More information is at the blog post. And finally, if you like this show even a little, maybe consider donating to our patron. More details is on the pod uh, pod pod. It's under Podbean. <laughs> More information is on nonoms.net in the blog post and just on the website in general. I want to thank everyone again for listening, and I uh, will see you all next week. See ya.